following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constant Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk, But No Politics Okay, here on the BICBP Radio Network, coming to you every Sunday. But before we get into today's episode, here is a message from our sponsor. Delicious. Very tasty. Who's here? Who's here? Ghosts. Our town Chocula cereal. It's it's haunted. Yummy marshmallow ghosts. <laughs> Scary bats and new spooky ghost marshmallows are haunting all the monster cereals. They're the ghostly part of this complete breakfast. everybody uh welcome back once again after those lovely messages from our sponsor but today i am joined by a returning guest as always i I gotta say i got a great support when it comes to my guest always looking to return and this man has some big news as well and it's gonna sound a little weird when i introduce him as this but it is mr jordan rosario one of the hosts of the Go Be Yourself podcast. How you doing, Jordan? Andrew, 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 before we get started, first and foremost, I am grateful for coming on to the Let's Talk But No Politics show once again. You know, I, it's always been such an honor to come on here. So to be able to, you know, sit back and, you know, we're going to be, I know what we're going to be going to be talking about, but you know, it's just, it, it's so crazy, you know, uh, when I think about it, the, you know, for the longest time since I've been guest on this show, I've always talked about, you know, I'm not dead, like I'm not done with the podcasting game. I had to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a hiatus, you know, focus on my secondary passion, which is Forex trading. And now that I've kind of gotten that under control to be able now to do what I've been doing with my Forex education, you know, while a company and essentially transcend that into what I'm going to be doing now for the Go Be Yourself podcast is just, it's incredible. You know, I'm looking forward to this next chapter in my podcasting career. And I'm just so glad I'm going to, I'm able to come onto the show and talk about it just a little bit more with you. Yeah. It's, it's always great to have you on as a guest. I, I love, I like having new guests, but sometimes I like the returning guests because I don't know, I'm one of those guys where I like to know what I'm getting most of the time. So it's always great to have you on as well. And today we got an interesting topic. It is, it is Halloween time. It's October. I think once October hits, it's Halloween time. And I want to discuss Halloween as a kid versus Halloween now. <laughs> and I think it's a great conversation to have in what Halloween was like. Because as a kid, it's probably the number two holiday or maybe some kids mind number number one holiday next to Christmas there as well. So how did you feel about Halloween as a kid growing up? 
Well, a, a lot of what happened when I was a kid during Halloween, there, there's a couple of things that I really want to get into. You know, first and foremost, I had the privilege, I had the honor of a lot of my Halloween costumes were, you know, some were store bought, of course, but a lot of them were homemade. You know, my mother, you know, took her time and really used her creative passion to, you know, create some of my Halloween costumes, not just for myself, but, you know, my little brother as well, which a big shout out to him, by the way, it was kicking butt as a sophomore at the Illinois Institute of Technology. So we want to get that out of the way. But, you know, a lot of what we did as a kid, it was, you know, homemade costumes, you know, we you know, we, we did the whole trick or treat tradition, as yeah. you know, when you were a kid. So, you know, we went over to all these different neighborhoods, of course, you know, mom kept an eye on us when we were really young. And then when I got a little bit older, you know, I was able to have that responsibility of now just saying, okay, I get to go ahead and watch my little brother as he do, does his trick or treating. And, you know, there's always that, uh, that eight, that uh, statement or, you know, that, tail up your, you know, there's a certain age that you have to be before, you know, trick-or-treating, you, you stop doing it. But in my opinion, you know, I a lot of those memories I created trick-or-treating, you know, especially as I look back at it now as a 26-year-old, you know, a lot of those memories that I had were, you know, just seeing, you know, all these different little costume ideas that, you know, Derek and I had and just going out trick-or-treating, going out to different you know, particular houses. And I'll tell you what, this old adage is so true. The scarier, <laughs> the scarier the houses were, like the ones that were destined to freak you out, the best kind of candy that you were going to get. So definitely that adage is true. But, you know, for me, one of my more memorable Halloweens, if you will, and this was like when I was really, really, really young. So I was probably about maybe seven or eight years old, but, uh, but, and my brother still has a photo of this particular uh, Halloween too. So we went out trick-or-treating down by, there's a small town in New York called Plainview. And we went over there, did a little trick-or-treating, did, you know, our little, you know, it here and there and there. And see, I would have had, I had a, uh, a Curtis Martin jersey when he was on the New York Jets. And I know a lot of people on this show are going to be like, wait, 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 but you're a Broncos fan, right? You're a Broncos fan. It's like, yeah, but, you know, I had a Curtis Martin jersey, nothing wrong with that. So one year I decided that I wanted to be a football player. So I had like the whole thing. So I had the, you know, the jersey, I had the helmet, I had the, you know, the armor, not the armor, but, you know, the pads, the pads. and, you know, yeah, like the shoulder pads and everything and all, everything like that. So I went ahead and I decided to be a football player and uh, Derek decided to be Superman that year. And, you know, we took, we had a photo of it and, you know, of course, you know, I move out, I go, I go out to Colorado, but every time I come home, I always notice that particular photo in uh, my brother's room. So, you know, it's a very sentimental Halloween to me. You know, I, I always look back at that particular uh, Halloween year with very fond memories, but I must say for the most part, you know, a lot of my time as a kid during Halloween is probably some of those memories that I still have and I choose to relive every now and then. So I will say that Halloween as a kid has definitely been, for me, just a, it's, it's a experience that you have to have. You know, if you want to have, a lot of people say, you know, what's the ideal childhood? And for me, one of those qualities 
of an ideal childhood is just enjoying Halloween like you're supposed to, you know, going out, exploring, knocking all the on all these different neighborhood doors and you know, getting as much candy as you can get alongside that, trying to eat as much candy as you can get, you know, without the folks knowing, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. So I was also uh, privileged enough to have a mother that did make my Halloween costumes at, at certain points and everything else sitting there sewing machine i'm pretty sure your mom did the same thing sitting there sewing machine sewing things together i was a ninja turtle one year and she actually stuffed my shell so that was that was a cool thing that she stuffed the shell with like actual like pillow stuffing that she picked out so my ninja turtle costume was like always my favorite but we used to and I'm glad you don't have didn't have to deal with this generation. Our store bought costumes were uh, like these plastic masks. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like real flimsy plastic masks, and they got just the eyes, and where the nose is is two little holes, and then the mouth is this little tiny like slit, just so you had enough to breathe. And the costume of itself was made out of uh this plastic that you would wear like say you're trying to lose weight or something and that's what it felt like this <laughs> so i've had a couple of those and they weren't like the best there's nothing like what they are today like when i go buy my kids costumes or anything uh, but like if you were he-man it just would like have say he-man across it but you'd wear like a he-man mask and it looked like you were he-man but you it didn't look anything cool like that so those were our first costumes that if we did get store-bought, that's what we had. But we spent a lot of time trick-or-treating around my grandmother's house. Uh, she lived in the nicer part of Niagara Falls, we'll just say. And also it was easier to keep an eye. And plus two, this is, I, I don't know. I've noticed a trend. I don't know if it was the same way with you growing up, but we knew all the neighbors in the neighborhood. So we would still have an adult with us, but we could go out through the neighborhood and it wasn't that big of a deal to check the candy because you'd be like, well, this so-and-so was giving out this candy and they'd be like, okay, well, they're cool. So we're not even going to, we're not even going to worry about it. So that was pretty much our Halloween every year was getting picked up from like an after-school program, my aunt or somebody, they take us over to my grandmother's change it to our costumes and we just hit the streets from there uh we'll say one of my more memorable costumes and i got this more so from and you talk about the generational difference right here so i will say that in terms of all the neighbors we may have not necessarily known all the neighbors but we were you know of course when i was young mom kept a close close eye on us you know hawkeye on us just make sure we were you know safe and then I got to the point where I became old enough to be like, hey, I'm I could be responsible for my brother and we could do our own thing. But one of my more memorable co costumes, so you talk about being a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. One of my more memorable ones was and this came came through from a, you know, another TV show, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. And, you know, of course, it was a, tra a trading card game first before it became a TV show. But there was this one particular card that i really liked and it was like a, a pumpkin card i think it was like a jack-o-lantern or just like uh something jacko something or whatever and what i liked about it was and i got this more so from the 
Yu-Gi-Oh! video game that, that uh, came out alongside the TV show and everything, where this card, if you allowed it to play for a certain amount of time, could get instantly super powerful, like overpowered to the point where whatever you could do, you could not beat this card. And I was like, that's really cool. I want to go ahead and be that particular costume. I ended up being that particular costume, but it's just so funny how we talk about the generational difference, how, you know, you had, you basically knew every neighbor that you were getting your, yourself into. And, you know, it was de- there was definitely a little bit more trust back in those days. And then, you know, with me growing up, you know, it was just kind of like, Hey, you have to keep a, cl- you have to keep a close eye, but it's certainly not, you know, a tight leash, like, a lot of kids have nowadays with Halloween. Yeah, it was like we would go out. My aunt uh, is younger. It was about 13 years younger than me. So and 10 years or I'm sorry, 13 years older than me. And she was like 10 years older than my brother. So that's who we would normally go with. And that but like I said, we knew everybody in the neighborhood. And it's kind of weird when I, I actually went back there and there was somebody leaving a house and I still can picture people that lived in the house. And I'm like, Whoa, that's not Mr. Smith. <laughs> that, that's not Mr. <laughs> Missy. No, where's me? Well, and then I, you know, I had to come back to realize Mr. Smith, God rest his soul passed away years ago. Mm. But, but that's, that's kind of how we, how we did things. And it was more, and when it came down to the costumes, it was a planning thing starting in probably September with my mom. Cause she was a single mother so the sewing machine stuff was after she just got done working eight hours. So she'd come home and then she'd make the costume after working eight hours. And that was probably the biggest thing was getting getting to know what we wanted to be in September. So in case she did make it, it, it could be ready by October, even though she'd put in she put in the hours after work and everything else. I remember one year I wanted to be like a like a gangster, but from like the 20 from like the 20s or the 30s and she went down to the goodwill and she found it she found a suit and she actually drew pinstripes all along the suit with a ruler and i was in the fourth grade and that's what i wanted to be was like and it was even after dick tracy i'm surprised i didn't want to be it during dick tracy time but dick tracy was huge when i was a kid there (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, go ahead Oh, it it is incredible, though. I just want to kind of, you know, piggyback off of, you know, a single mom working eight plus hours a day, you know, at a job and then, you know, just having that time to, you know, create your costume. No, very similar. That's very similar to my mom, too. You know, she worked she worked a job, you know, eight, nine, 10 plus hours and you know, to find that time to be able to still be able to not only create these costumes, but also having the energy to, you know, make sure that Derek and I were okay during Halloween. And she did this year after year after year, you know, no complaints from her. You know, it's so funny as a, as a kid, you know, growing up in that environment, you know, you, at the, at the time, you just don't know any better. You think that this is normal. And then, you know, you get, you get older and you realize, whoa, you know, my, you know, your parents had to work extra freaking hard to, you know, be able to have that normal Halloween that everyone else had when you were, you know, growing up alongside all the other kids that you did. 
Yeah, it, I think that's like you said, as I got older, getting into as I get older type stuff, I, I realized the effort that got put into it and probably didn't really some nights didn't even really want to do it, but did it anyways because she knew what it meant because she knew what it meant to me and my brother. She made him a whole hobgoblin costume one year and she figured out the proper way to mix the paint so that way he, he could paint his face as a hobgoblin, as the hobgoblin from Spider-Man and everything else. And these are characters she didn't even know. She, she didn't even know. And it was kind of funny. Like, she didn't know who Hobgoblin was, but she made the costume for us as well. And that's, that's I got to I give her props for that every single day. But I think one of the big things that I never found as a kid was the house with the mythical full-size candy bars. Did you ever come across anything like that? That seems to be the big running thing for anything with kids. Uh, no, I I didn't have the privilege to find that particular uh, legendary treasure, as it will, uh, when it comes to you know your your Halloween stories. But you know, for hey, you know, for me, I always at least was able to take knowledge in the fact that at least for every Halloween that you know we had, I always had a full bag of candy like that. My bag, no matter how big or how small. It was always filled with with treats. So, you know, I I won't uh, I, I'm not I wouldn't necessarily say that I regret finding not finding those mythical candy bars just because I always had at some point a huge bounty that I can go ahead and take home and feast on. What was your bag of choice? What 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 was the was it the store bought bag, the little pumpkin pillowcases, book bag? What was the bag of choice for Jar- for Jordan Rosario? You know, it was the pumpkin. So, you know, there were a couple of years that I had the pumpkin. And then as I got a little bit older, I decided to use a a pillowcase. So, you know, a relatively big pillowcase that you would use for like one of those big pillows that you had growing up. You know, if if you had like a very big, like, you know, king size kind of pillow, you had that pillowcase along with it. That was then my involvement because I knew that I could get a lot more candy uh, with that particular bag. So, you know, it it was definitely, but I definitely enjoyed the pumpkins when I was little and, you know, the involvement of that process. Yeah, I think we did. We used to do uh, McDonald's pumpkins. I don't know if you remember that. No, you don't. Oh, come on. All right. So as a kid growing up, you had like the pumpkins you could buy from the store. But if you didn't do that, McDonald's would give you a like the Happy Meal came inside of a pumpkin every year or it would be like a pumpkin. And then I think it was a witch at one, or, or you get a pumpkin or a witch at some point and you get your Happy Meal in there. But then you could also use it as, you know, your your trick or treat bucket. So that way you got it was like kind of mcdonald's way of like hey parents i know you're busy talking about single bombs i know you're busy why don't you scrape up a happy meal you know one of these nights when you don't feel like cooking get yourself a happy meal and then that way you don't have to worry about going out to also get your kid a candy bucket as well so i think that's where they were thinking with that you you know what i i think i think thinking about that a little bit more one of the things that uh, kind of prevented me from having a McDonald's bag, if you will, yeah. was growing up, 
and you know you have all these little kid phobias i guess and then it kind of evolves into a teenager but there i remember one time and i think i was like six or seven years old you know i had mcdonald's once you know just as a little treat or whatnot and i got sick like incredibly sick like sick to the point where it was just i could not get out of bed like you know i'm not going to get into details because for anyone that's eating we don't need to go ahead and get into that (laughs) detail but for me it was just like once that happened i kid you not i stopped eating mcdonald's until like i got to college i could like there was i respect it like (laughs) yeah i now it doesn't. I didn't. Now that doesn't mean like I stopped eating fast food because then Burger King came into the picture. And and now thinking about thinking about it a little bit more, kind of wish I went to McDonald's instead of Burger King. But another story for another time for any of our fast food fans that are out there. But there you go. yeah, but you know, for me, I didn't really get to experience or enjoy that you know McDonald's Happy Meal uh, candy bag for Halloween. Oh yeah, that was like the big thing. Like that's McDonald's was one of those places where you could tell when certain things were coming up as a as a kid because I think one time they did ornaments for Christmas. That, that when you saw the Halloween pumpkin commercials, you were like, "Oh man, it's Halloween time!" And then uh, what was oh the Shamrock Shake? You knew St. Patrick's Day was coming around, even though you're a kid and you're like, "Who cares about St. Patrick's Day? I just wear a green shirt to school that day." Yeah, <laughs> that's another definitely an adult holiday that as you yeah, get it's a lot to the adults don't yeah. get, that don't care about St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was like that was kind of like our thing as the pumpkin, and then we moved on to we did pillowcases and then the duffel bag where you just put the strap single strap going right across the body and then you just put it in front of you and there you go there you go there you go so the final thing for kids is when did you just when did the trick-or-treating stop for you like around what age and what made you go you know what i'm too old i can't do this it was prop if i have to think of a particular age it might have been around 15, uh, 14 or 15 I stopped and it, it was more so for the lack of it was at the point where my brother was also getting a little older as well so he didn't necessarily take to the Halloween spirit like I did so when he kind of teetered off of that that was more so my time to be like okay maybe I need to put the trick-or-treating stuff away but what that ultimately evolved to, thankfully, was, okay, if I can't, if I can't enjoy the trick-or-treating like I used to, because of that, you know, as a kid back then, you know, back in high school, I was definitely not the type of guy to, you know, go do a Halloween thing with uh, people from high school. I was more so the lone wolf kind of guy. So I at least was able to embrace the tradition by, you know, having the bag of candy at my house and being able to distribute it to any kids that were that were you know ambitious trick-or-treaters growing up so you know i didn't say i wouldn't necessarily say i did not enjoy or embrace the trick-or-treating process i still kept that going by stop i definitely stopped as the trick-or-treater instead of now the trick or treat t if you will okay yeah because i stopped i think when i was like in sixth grade and i think it was more for this i'm the youngest and I think it was more of the same thing where it was 
I would just stay to hand out the candy. My older brother would go out and do something and I would just stay back to hand out the candy kind of like you did, but it was, it it was fun. It, It was fun to do that instead of it. Sometimes, you know, you take a little something for yourself. One of, the, one, of course. One, one for me, one for you thing. It was, you know, it's like, you know, oh, no, no, no. I, I, that was a kid who took it. Oh, that was another kid who took it. That was another kid who took it. Yeah, we had a lot of trick-or-treaters. Who knew? That kind of thing. And that kind of goes into my thing as as a adult now. Handing uh, out candy <laughs> as a father, uh, kind of getting into handing out. As the older kids came, uh, I would get, it depended on how much effort I felt they put into their costume as I got older, handing out the candy. If I felt like they just did bare minimum and just put on like black clothes and were like, hey, trick or treat, I was like, what is the worst candy we have? Because this is what you're getting. But it, I felt if the older kid was out there and then they were with and, and they were dressed up and then they were with some younger kids, kind of you know, I'm pretty sure you took your brother out when, when you got older, if I felt like it was that way, like, okay, now I know why they're not dressed up. They just, they want candy. They're doing this. Their parents are like, take your, take your brother or your sister out, go trick or treating. And then I'm like, okay, now you get some good candy. Cause at least you're doing something responsible. Or if you put effort into your costume, I'll give you something. But I felt like with the older kids, if they just didn't put any effort into it, I was like, nope. No, you get like good in plenties or something. Like I, I purpose. I people may think think I'm mean. I will purposely buy some bad candy sometimes just to deter the kids that I'm like you're just out here for I feel are the wrong reasons. And people may punish <laughs> me for that, but it's one of those things where I think I want to give it to. I want to save the good stuff for the kids. For the kids and I'm talking when I'm talking older if I'm thinking they're like in high school age like 14 15 16 17 around there I'm like come on I think if you don't got a kids with you I think we're done with this by now like here's some good in plenties but when the little when the little kid comes dressed up as Spider-Man I'm like oh, okay here's some Skittles as the, the one year I gotta say there was a big bias big big bias uh, my wife normally took the kids out. I stayed at the house because another thing, like as a kid, uh, in my grandmother's neighborhood, we had her neighbor. Uh, he was never there, never there on Halloween. So it was, and we knew he wasn't there, but we still went up to the house anyways. And I just felt like that's a big jip. I know I'm missing out at like seeing my kids trick or treat, but then we kind of like rotated it after a while. So, and I didn't want to be the take a bowl person because we all know you see take one, please. That means take the yeah. whole bowl. So I when, wanted when someone says take one, it's like, okay, that that whole, that bucket is gone. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to be at home to at least give out candy and you know, make sure that I wasn't that house that was dark on Halloween where nobody was even in there. Like I could see a dark house on Halloween, but sometimes it's I'm on purpose for spooky reasons, not because they just don't want to give out candy. I didn't want to be that house. So I stayed back and I hand out candy, but this kid came and me being a Marine, he came dressed up as a Marine 
So I was like, dude, just I like handful. I was like, here's a mitt. Here you go. You know, you dress up as a green. <laughs> I'm going to give you something. And I do got to admit that there was bias that that time handed out candy, given that kid. Sure. He, he was dressed up as a Marine. Marines got to stick together. So you know, we do stick together. So that's why I did it. Uh, yeah. As an adult now, you know, I, there's a couple, of course, you know, I'm a relatively still a young adult, 26. So, you know, I just haven't had that real experience of being the person that is able to give that can- the candy out because, you know, a couple of years I went to Boulder, went to go to college. And after that, I kind of went down to Aurora and it was more so just apartment complexes. And for whatever reason, apparently apartment complexes are like trick or treat, uh, trick or treat, like Bane, if you will. Like there was no, none of that trick or treating stuff going on. And now kind of living in a house now with, with my roommate, no, we definitely try, we definitely try now to instill that trick or treat tradition. Uh, last year was difficult, of course, because <laughs> COVID mm-hmm. and, you know, 2019, and I, and I, and there's also another thing, you know, a side of that too, from like, I guess the, my earlier years, you know, of my earlier 20 year, 20 years, if you will, I wasn't really concerned with trick-or-treating. I was concerned with more so the Halloween party lifestyle, if you will. So, you know, I ended up, you know, being able to, have, you know, gratefully be able to decorate, you know, be a costume, you know, have my own costume and everything. But I was doing it for more so the adult candy, if you will. <laughs> no, I understand that. I, I've done that. I've never, I think I've only dressed up once as an adult. And that was for a Halloween party. But other than that, like when I would go out, Halloween was a big party night. I know, I know that, you know that. When I would go, or like the weekend before, or depending when it felt. And I remember going out and there would be people dressed up, but I, I never dressed up, but I just knew it was a party night in my younger days, in my younger days. <laughs> I knew it was a party night. So that's when we'd go up. Probably one of my favorite adult halloween memories and this still is etched in my head i had a friend and he owned a bar and one of my other friends was the bartender there and we were like hey where where's nick where's nick we were like he's like well i guess he's dressed up as the pink panther and so we're like well where's this pink panther so all of a sudden we look down the street and there's these kids like throwing candy at him as he's running down the street dressed up full pink panther like didn't even have the mask off like he's running and he's tumbling on the ground and these kids are chasing after him trying to get at him and everything else is the funniest thing in the world we're like oh there comes nick right now going into work because he was getting the pink panther was getting it but that's my my question i I do have to come back so we had kids that were throwing candy at the pink panther yeah i I have to what's what's the story behind that (laughs) he he didn't tell us all i can tell you is niagara falls is wild sometimes man (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) niagara falls is wild that's that's probably the biggest thing is just absolutely crazy but since i've moved to texas i've experienced uh southern halloween and Southern Halloween, I've noticed, is a little bit different than Northern Halloween. How so? Um, well, I did the thing where I was going to stay by. My wife was like, oh, okay, I'll take the kids out, go trick-or-treating. And I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit. Well, first of all, you get to sit outside. 
because it's 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 beautiful. So I sat outside. Of course, yeah. I sat outside, bowl of candy, and it was because of COVID. Had it had it pretty far, you know, away. Just told a kid to take one, but and then all of a sudden, my wife's like, "This is crazy. You should see how these people are decorating, and you know, and everything else." And then all of a sudden, she sends me this picture, and it's a picture of a cooler, and it says, "Uh, free free Jello shots for the adults." I'm like, well, "Where am I?" Oh, <laughs> so it was it was very interesting because not everybody's indoors. We're both from the north. We're from we're I'm from Western New York. You're you're from around the city, right? Right, right around Long Island. Yeah, yeah, Long Island in there. So it, it's get it's pretty cold in October. Like yeah. I don't know. Going back to the kid thing, I'm pretty sure your mom made sure that when she did make you a costume or bought you a costume you could get a sweatshirt underneath it or something of that nature or long sleeve shirt. So in case it gets too cold. No, I was definitely insulated during those, you know, during that time of the year, because, you know, of course we know from Western New York, but in New York during Halloween, like late October, it gets cold. There's a chance for snow. I remember one year it, it, I mean, it wasn't like heavy snow, but it was snow flurries going trick or treating. So it's very, it's very different because it's not it doesn't have any of that weather aspect so a lot more people are outside it's more of a it's more of like a party atmosphere where it's not crazy for the kids but the adults when they're going around could have a good time and you know talking to some of the neighbors and stuff that live in the neighborhood they were like yeah before you know because of covid they were like there are people be people grilling hot dogs so if you go by somewhere they're like here's a hot dog for you and your kid because you probably need to eat dinner and it's just like very very party neighborhood atmosphere people asking you know if you want to join the fantasy football league for you know the neighborhood next year and just it was very a lot more conversating and a lot more people out than just seeing kids and like an adult go by it was people sitting in the driveways, people conversating, and everything going on. It was it was much different than New York. Yeah, that's that's so weird that you talk about it like that because you know when I think of like that, that sounds like an awesome Halloween, and you know that kind of gives me the question of maybe I should I should go out and visit you guys in Texas during Halloween at some point. But that'll start for another day, of course. Yeah. But that's so crazy that. Because here in Colorado, of course, it gets cold. Like it's mm-hmm. literally the first snowfall is going to probably be coming up in two weeks. I am dead serious. About two weeks, three weeks, we're going to see some snow out here in Colorado. So Halloween, it's going to get cold, yeah. especially because we're in a desert climate. It's going to get cold. So for that to happen, for New York to be the way that it is, of course, you know, going for from our past experience and to know that texas is like that it's like wow yeah it was southern halloween is completely different it it was so weird because i've heard from my family in florida about it they're like you know halloween down here is different than what you guys do we normally we go out he's my mom was telling me you know your your uncle would bring like a cooler full of beer and i'm like he can't do that in new york he can't you know that's yeah i don't see it but I guess it's true because that's what I saw. There was every house had a haunted house or something of that relationship, you know, to something, something interactive. And it was just amazing that everywhere you went, somebody was sitting outside. They would have 
you know, a fire pit right in their driveway and just sit there and be around the fire in case it got too cold, even though the cold to them, I'm still, I, I'm not quite climatized, but I was, I, when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, it was 60 degrees. I was like, wow, it's cold outside. But that, like you said, a story for another day, and, <laughs> uh, but it's very, it's very different down here. So I was, as an adult in New York, it was like, okay, here's Halloween. I'm going to hand out candy. I'm going to sit in my house. This year, I'm actually kind of excited to see what what more things that I could see because we moved and I want to see more of what's going on in every little pocket neighborhood and seeing what else I got to have. One guy was handing out uh, Dove chocolate bars to, to the adults. So he would he gave our kids candy and then all of a sudden he was like, here, you guys got to make sure you get your candy too. And it was like dove chocolate. I'm like, this is crazy that people are doing all this. It was just a lot more elaborate than anything I've ever seen in New York. I will say this, just coming, just now understanding that we've got this next Halloween that's coming up right here. You know, I, I am grateful for one thing. The matter of the fact is last year, I really, I do not believe we got to experience a true Halloween mm -hmm. in the sense that you know, pandemic just kind of ruined everything in terms of that neighborhood camaraderie, you know, that interactivity between the kids. There wasn't really a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. And so now that we've come to this particular Halloween, one of the things I'm really looking forward to, you know, I'm going to, of course, you know, get some candy myself, but just being able to see kids just trick-or-treated just and really just the kids becoming kids again. Yeah. You know, it's that you you really don't know what that, you know, what that looks like until you see something like the, co you know, the COVID pandemic come into play. But those are the things that we could, you know, look forward to, you know, just stuff, maybe not necessarily getting back to normal, because first off, what is normal? Second off, we can't go back to the old way of life because there's just so much newness that's happening with us right now. But having that sense of a tradition coming back and hopefully optimistically in a new brighter future, that's what's up. That's what I'm definitely looking forward to as we, you know, get closer to the holiday. Yeah, because there was a. That was like a big thing to me is like I said, now that I hand out candy, it's more to see what every kid is dressed up as. And as a, as a father, it's kind of cool to see what my kids want to be for Halloween as well. I do do some little brainwashing and try and direct them into certain costumes that I would think would be pretty cool as well. Like my son was, uh, uh, my youngest son was the safe puff marshmallow man last year and he had the big inflatable suit um, my other son was somebody from Fortnite, obviously because everybody every kid plays Fortnite at some aspect but it i think that <laughs> even that, adults yes <laughs> that's my new enjoyment for halloween now that i'm not going out trick-or-treating is more so for my kids and seeing what they're gonna pick what are they gonna wear and is it something relatable to my childhood as well? And it's kind of cool to see a little bit of things do that as uh, Star Wars is coming back into play, uh, Ghostbusters and all this other stuff from my childhood and seeing my kids experience it. And then they're dressing up as it. I think that's probably probably my favorite part of Halloween now is just seeing them come. It's, it's a full circle thing.
pretty much is just seeing them enjoy it the way that they can and then going oh look at this costume even though they always don't pick the costumes i think they should be that i think are cool but as long as they're getting the ones that they want and, and that's the beauty that's the beauty of halloween you know i do believe that no matter what costume you choose, whether you want to relate something to a TV show or a movie or, you know, something that just kind of comes to you, it's like, oh, I kind of want this costume. I really believe that. Now, of course, Christmas is another holiday that we could talk about, you know, very much later when that time comes around. Right. Yeah. But for Halloween, that's really where we get to see the creativity at front, because it's not only just the kids who are going to be able to do all these really unique costume ideas, whether, you know, it's their own take on a TV show or a video game or a movie. But now you get to see the houses, too. You know, what kind of kooky, you know, what kind of, you know, inspiring, spooky things are we going to go ahead and see from these houses that we're trick or treating now? So I do believe Halloween especially especially this year is so important for that creativity, you know, that ingenuity, just to get things back on track, just to get that good Halloween spirit, that hot, good Halloween energy, you know, back into our communities and really just get back to that sense of normalcy. I really feel that, especially right now with everything we hear about in the news. And of course I really don't pay attention to the news anymore, but we really do need something like a wholesome activity, like trick or treating, just a Halloween atmosphere. And of course that also comes down to whether you go to a Halloween party too, because we can't knock the adults that do that because yeah. there's also creativity in that too, but it's just that Halloween energy that we really need. And that's something I'm really looking forward to, you know? Yeah, that's I'm I'm looking forward to everything this year because like I said, it's just everything. It's very new, new, new place once again, but new neighborhood. So I want to see what's gonna happen. So before we conclude, I want to know what was your favorite Halloween costume that you were as a kid, and maybe something you wanted to be as a, you know, for your costume, but didn't didn't do it or you know decided to change your mind okay so that actually comes down to i want to say i was probably about 10 11 12 years old and i did this unique thing for halloween where i actually went ahead and for halloween i went to like an rv like a camping place mm -hmm. and i it was like upstate new york i think somewhere in the catskills and lord of the rings was the big thing during my childhood that was like 2001 2002 2003 and i wanted to and i went ahead and i loved uh, the character legolas you know the archer the elf who basically could do all these crazy moves and basically is able to you know essentially strike his enemies with this bow and i was like i want to be legolas i want to be an archer i want to be a ranger so i went ahead i picked up the bow i even picked up a couple of plastic arrows and you know i embraced the spirit of being Legolas that particular year. But at the same time, I also really loved Gimli the dwarf. You know, he was always so cheerful, so jolly. He was like, yeah, you know, you remember Gimli, like he had like that big, you know, that larger than life attitude, you know, ironically, he was a dwarf in that movie. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But I always wanted to be Gimli and I never got the chance to do it. So 
Uh, what I'm thinking about doing <laughs> this year, now that I kind of just am talking about it with you now, and I guess I'll have an excuse since I'm going to put it on the air, but I think I might grow out my beard and I might actually do Gimli this year. Get some braids. So that I can, I'm like, uh, I will, I guess I'll, I, yeah, I will have to do the braids. So I'll have to figure out somebody that could do that for me, but I'm thinking like Gimli, you know, yeah. I really want to go ahead and be him because. As, as I kind of get, you know, older during my uh, my adult years, I think at, at 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 the end of the day, the Gimli was some sort of a spirit animal to me. <laughs> that makes sense. I love Gimli and Lord of the Rings. I love the, the axe and I love the banter friendship that he had with Legolas throughout those movies, you know, counting kills and everything else. Uh, my, my big... F- favorite one that i was was actually 1989 i was batman of course <laughs> why not be batman in 1989 why not <laughs> yeah because i don't know it was cool because i had the mask and i had i had the you know the gloves with the gauntlets and everything and razors coming out of them my mother you know once again homemade costume piecing together from stuff that she could find from like goodwill and everything else but that's probably one of my favorites oh actually over the Ninja Turtle. And shockingly enough, this might sound crazy, but I wanted to be Bucky. I wanted for like maybe a week is my father was heavily into comic books and Marvel used to have these comic book issues of kind of like an encyclopedia. And you flip into, and I'm flipping through and I saw Bucky and I found out that he was Captain America's sidekick. And I was like, oh, well, Captain America, I don't want to be Captain America, but I wanted to be Bucky. Like the comic book character Bucky, huh. not like, not like the Bucky in the MCU. So it was kind of weird. Then I see Bucky in the MCU, and I'm like, oh, this one looks way cooler than the one that I wanted to be for Halloween. <laughs> Next question is, favorite candy to get on Halloween? Oh, I always go back and forth with this in my mind. So at, at course, you got the Hershey's, you got the Hershey's Kisses, and I was like, man, that's the candy. I mean you've got to go with the Hershey's, you know, the classic, and then it evolved into, oh, I got, but I love M&M's, you know, the M&M, you know, the little circle candies, you know, like I like those. Then it evolved into Milk Duds, you know, another Hershey product, and those Milk Duds, you know, a little bit of controversy, but I definitely like them, but the big candy that I've I've grown to admire the most, as I really go ahead and think about it right now, Reese's Pieces. That's the winner for me right there. E.T. loved them. E.T. loves them. How could you go wrong? How could you? As a kid, it was like Snickers. Now, if my kids got some Almond Joys, those get those get caught in what is what I refer to to my children as the dad tax. <laughs> Every, I, I don't care how good of a dad you are. Most dads have what's referred to as the dad tax. Of course. You gotta, you gotta have it. So I confiscate some almond joys and then it's the it's the dad tax or maybe they get to sneak some candy into their room if they slip me an almond joy kind of like you know a prison situation you slip the guard something and he gives you something and that that's probably my my like the snickers and then going into the almond joy is just absolutely absolutely amazing so thank you for coming on today's show and doing this discussion with me it's always fun to have you on and this is your chance to plug your new podcast 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. First and foremost, before I talk about the new podcast that I'll be a part of, I want to say once again, I am grateful to you, Andrew, for allowing me to come on the Let's Talk But No Politics show. Every time we have a discussion, you know, of course, I'm always big into sports, you know, I'm big into entertainment, I'm big into music, and a lot of what we talk about are entertainment stories and just reliving our childhoods you know we could talk about the fourth of july remember that episode and then of course halloween you know it's always nice just to you know connect with that inner child once again and just be able to talk about that a lot more so i'm definitely grateful for the appearance once again and then yes let's talk about the go be yourself podcast so this was a podcast that came together between Kenny Jordan, Mike Taylor, and myself, all of us are part of Gobi Tradehouse, our Forge education company. And the idea behind the Go Be Yourself podcast really is twofold. So, of course, we are going to get the benefit of promoting our trading company a little bit more, of course. But really, for me, what I am really like, you know, what really gets my gears going or what gets my fire going is the fact that it's a spiritual successor to the keeping it 100 podcast The keeping it 100 podcast. My first one, I have fantastic memories of that show. You know, Leo Rydell, Desmond Lawrence, you know, some of my best friends are fantastic hosts are doing their own thing and they are doing their own thing. Very, very, very well. So I got to give it up to them. You know, please check out geekly goods if you can, you know, Leo Rydell is definitely killing that YouTube channel, but for the go be yourself podcast, This is our chance to talk. Yes, we're going to talk about Forex. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about entertainment. But part of that is also going to come down to real life and something else that I didn't really have the privilege of talking about with keeping it 100 that I'll also be able to bring to the forefront for Go Be Yourself is the entrepreneurship journey. The entrepreneurship journey, you know, the trials, the tribulations, just getting started, you know, the obstacles, the adversity and how to overcome them step by step by step by step. And by doing that, it allows us to also bring, give, our, give everybody who listens a message of, hey, it's okay to follow your dreams. Go after your dreams. Go after your passion because you have something. You have a gift. You have something that you could share to the entire world and everyone is going to benefit from it. So I'm really excited to start our, our podcast We do have our demo reel out on our YouTube channel right now, which is a little bit of a test run that we did with our audience within our training platform. So definitely check it out. And once again, Andrew, thank you very much. Grateful to be on the Let's Let's Talk But No Politics show. And I'm most definitely looking forward to the next time that we are able to both tell a story together. Yes. Thank you once again for coming on. And remember to check out new episodes of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Also remember to check out bonus episodes every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Helium Radio Network. Go check out the YouTube channel, uh, Facebook page. Always great content on there as well. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.